You are listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show, all about real estate edition. Shining a light on the movers and shakers in the real estate industry. The home builders, developers, realtors, and suppliers making it all happen. And now, here are today's hosts. Good morning and welcome back to the All About Real Estate Edition. I am your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my colleague and friend, Carol Morgan. Carol, uh, this is going to be a great conversation. Uh, Before we kick it off, however, you do want to thank New American Funding for being our 2021 show sponsor, now our 10th year on the air. It has been wonderful having them as our collaborator on this show. So, Carol, speaking of New American Funding, what what a treat we have in store for us today. It's going to be a great conversation. Yeah, it's always fun to talk to the folks from New American Funding and find out about all the amazing things they're doing out there as far as mortgages and reaching people and just the innovation and technology. So I know today's conversation is going to be phenomenal. We are joined in studio today by Rick Aravielo. He is the co-founder and CEO of New American Funding. So welcome, Rick, and give us that quick background about yourself. Well, thank you for having me. I'm honored. I started this business. I, I guess I'm the newbie when it comes to American <laughs> funding, but I've been doing it for 18 years now, so I'm not really a newbie anymore. Uh, as most people know, it's a, a mom pa shop to the core. I run this business with my wife, Patty Arviello. We started as a five-man broker shop, and now we're the 17th largest lender in America with over 5,000 employees, and we do business in 48 states. So it's been kind of an overnight success story, 18 years in the making. And it's a lot of fun. And and I think that one of the reasons why we've been as successful as we have is Patty and I do don't, we don't really cross over at all. She's been doing this for 40 years now. She started when she was 16 years old and she's done nothing else. And I, on the other hand, I didn't come from this industry at all. I started a company out of high school with a couple of high school buddies. We sold it in the mid nineties. I thought I retired. The stock market made sure I had to go back to work. So <laughs> at the time, I was just dating Patty and, and I didn't know what to do with the rest of my life. And she said, well, try mortgage. And that's quite literally how I got involved. Not Never having done a mortgage before, even to this day, to be honest with you, I said, well, my passion is marketing and tech. So And soon to be uh, capital markets, I, I developed a real passion for that. So I said, let me focus on those areas and you focus on what you do great at. And that is underwriting, credit policy, loan origination, all this. The much harder job. <laughs> my, my job's fun. And you know, we'll join forces and see where it takes us. And it's uh, it's worked out pretty well so far. Ma and Pa shop, he says, Carol, uh, Ma and Pa are pretty cool people. Uh, what a... Uh, we've had uh, such joy, Rick, uh, partnering with you guys and your team uh, over the last year and a half. It has been a real joy for us. And and gosh, it's just been inspiring. Uh, I'm not just saying that to schmooze a sponsor. I mean, I, the, the, the things you guys have been doing, uh, particularly in, in light of uh, of this pandemic and, and how you guys have uh, rolled along with that and done some pretty amazing things. And the people that we've been talking with that represent your organization, just amazing people serving uh, with a loving heart. It's just been, it's been a real joy to be a part of this with you guys. And, and uh, we are grateful for that collaboration. Uh, gosh, for the three people in our audience who uh, don't know about new American funding, <laughs> uh, I guess we have to ask Stan a question. Give us that quick overview of what the organization's all about. Uh, how do you serve? What's your mission and purpose? 
Our mission is obviously to produce high quality loans and lending across America, but kind of the underlying passion is to serve the underserved. Mm-hmm. You know, once again, Patty's Latina. And so she was very focused on making sure that we served the Latino market well. We started that initiative about a decade ago and we lead the pack when it comes to that. And then Patty was actually challenged one time. She was speaking on stage by an African-American gentleman who said, well, what are you doing for the Black community? And she said, well, I'm not Black. So my focus is uh, Latinos. But she took that challenge to heart. In 2016, we started the American Dream Initiative which focuses on trying to create equality for Black Americans to get into homeownership. I mean, they lag everyone in terms of homeownership rates. So we set out to change that. We've done a pretty good job. We currently run about twice the national average in terms of uh, the percentage of lending we do to for our Black families. And we're very proud of that. I mean, it's very rewarding work. But I think another element of the success of New American Funding is we don't know from our corporate office what individual markets want and need. And so we talk about the Southeast, Atlanta in general. We have to depend on our boots on the ground to really let us know. And so our quest is to find the right leaders in the markets that we serve that we feel will give us that all important information about what's needed in that market. And we were blessed to attract Kelly Allison. I'm sure you spent time with Kelly. She's a maverick. Absolutely. She really does have her finger on the pulse of what's needed in that market. And is it no, it's no small reason why we have just, we're just racing up the leaderboard when it comes to the Southeast and And we've been blessed to find those people in several markets. We currently have seven SVPs. So you think about it, an SVP basically focuses on a state. They might still spill over to the neighboring states. So I almost feel like we're just getting started. You know, there's 50 states in our great nation. And we've got seven SVPs that are all focused on their market and giving us the information we need to be relevant. And Kelly is no small example of that. And so when it comes to serving the underserved, let's face it, for our passion and mission, which is serving the underserved, you've got a larger constituency of underserved in the Southeast. And so she's just really helped us execute flawlessly on what our ultimate mission is. And we're just very happy and proud about that. Yeah, she is absolutely a huge asset to New American Funding. And so professional and she cares and just, you know, interviewing her and finding out again, you know, back to what Todd said, everything that the New American Funding did and that Kelly did during the pandemic, you know, the fact that you all reached out to people and, you know, and offered them lower interest rates, even if they weren't, you know, necessarily in default, but just giving them those opportunities and treating them the way you treat family. And I think that's the the message, you know, whether you're you know, underserved or whether you're not underserved in new American funding treats people the way that they would want to be treated. And that's, you know, really what we see just time and time and time again from the leadership. Yeah. Well, talk a little bit. I know just from, you know, reading a little bit about you online that you place a huge emphasis on teamwork and respect. You know, how does that carry through the company on a daily basis? Well, you know, it's funny. Like I said, we started as a five-person shop. That's how we started And it was probably about 2009 or 10, kind of coming out of the recession, that we were up to a couple of hundred people. And Patty and I looked at each other and thought, you know, 
we really need to identify our culture. And it needs to be a, a, a fiber of our being because people want to belong to something more than just have a job, right? They want to belong to something that they believe in. And so we took it very seriously. We actually went to and did the Zappos boot camp. I don't know if you've ever heard of Zappos, but they're an online shoe company and yeah. they're all about culture, right? They've written books on it, they speak on it. So we said, okay, let's do it. And we spent the weekend with the Zappos crowd and really learned what it would take to create and generate uh, a great culture. We brought it back to our New American Funding family and we opened it up to everyone so they could all be involved and, and really did a deep dive on what we felt our culture needed to be about. And what we came up with is what we call NAF 360, which means New American Funding 360 degrees. And it's a basic, obvious tenet, but really, really works when you put it into practice. When you're doing mortgage lending, especially on the purchase side, it's a high-pressure business. Everyone's in a race. You got to close that loan on time. You know, the builders demand it. The real estate agents demand it. So there's a lot of pressure on sales, obviously, to do their job right. But then on ops, processors, underwriters, doctors, you know, all this army of people in this assembly line that is mortgage, they've got to do their part too. And it's a, a breeding ground for conflict. If you think about it, if somebody's not holding up their end and it affects a transaction, it affects a relationship, affects a borrower. So NAF360 was really about, look, you need to treat everybody around you with dignity and respect. And it doesn't matter who they are, or what they do. Obviously, the customer needs to be treated with dignity and respect, but your fellow workers, even the vendors that rely on us for their living need to be treated with dignity and respect so that's what the 360 degrees, everybody around you, you need to step up and treat them respectfully. And it was amazing the change in our business once it was identified and everybody participated in it and everyone immersed themselves in it. Because then you saw ops people going above and beyond for salespeople and vice versa. Our productivity started to rise. We get love notes from people all the time about how much they love working at New American Funding compared to some of their past mortgage experiences. It just didn't have that element. So that culture and, and team building, and, and granted, it's harder remote, right? COVID comes around, everybody's doing this. They're on Zooms and Teams and, and these different things. So even now, we'll do contests. Like let the, the employees, uh, we'll do a, you know, a who's got talent contests where their kids are sending in videos of them singing or dancing or playing instruments or whatever. And we, you know, do awards. We do everything we can to try to keep that fiber together, even though we're all sitting at homes on our, uh, our home and our computer screens now. And it, it does go a long way. It goes a long way to create that culture that we're so proud of. And the net yield of that is a better experience for our consumers. Well, and that's all evident it is clear that the culture is a strong one. It's clear that you have recruited well and brought in good people. It's clear that you empower them to serve your customers well. There's no doubt about it. What has been equally impressive for me and all the folks that we've talked to though, is, is a, not only is there an investment in the people, there's a real investment in the tools and the technology and the innovation. And I know that's a, a real point of pride for you. Uh, talk about why that's so important to what you guys do. I think primarily it's because we're control freaks, right? <laughs> And 
So everything we do really has a, as a, a, an eye on, we want to control it because we want, if once we control it, then it, we can make it malleable and we can wrap it around what's important to us. When technology started to become important, which really wasn't that long ago, especially in the mortgage industry, let's face it, real estate and mortgage, they've been doing it the same way for a hundred years for the most part. And by and large, you can get by doing it the same way you always have. But we realized that it really wasn't our loan officer or real estate agent partners that were going to demand a different experience. It was the consumer. So we really needed to make sure that we were prepared to accommodate the consumer's needs as they evolved, especially with the millennials now being the big first-time homebuyers. Listen, the millennial generation, they're the push-button generation. They're not used to waiting. They don't leave a message on your voicemail and, and be okay if you call them back in a day. They want an answer the second that their finger comes off that button. And that's not, that's not mortgage. You know, that's not real estate. So a lot of what we put in place is to try to, to meet that bar the best we can. And also, you know, when I started looking at the technological needs of people in our space, I saw what a lot of our competitors were doing was they were buying technologies off the shelf, I'll call it. So they have a technology for this, technology for that. It required their employees to come in and out of different technologies to do their job, which when you're a busy loan officer and you've got a dozen purchase transactions going on and you're courting new ones and you're staying in touch with old ones and you don't have time really to learn all these silos of technology. So we decided, you know, we're just going to build it ourselves. Anything we want and need. Now there's a, there's kind of a cloud to that silver lining, so to speak, because it's not an overnight thing. You know, when you're right. developing technologies, it can take years. And so you, you set up these focus groups and you set up these teams to start developing it and they start to determine where they want to be two years from now, because that's where it's, that's how long it's going to take. And if you miss, <laughs> you know, guess, <laughs> you've got to back up and, and redirect. And, and so it's daunting. We have about 100 people that work in our technology department. Wow. We have another, call it 30, that work in our marketing department. All of our marketing is homegrown. We do everything in-house because that way we can control it. We can wrap it around our business and we can do what's important to us. And so that's really the motivation and why we've done what we've done. Well, it's a smart move. And you're right. We do have, I think it's probably not just the millennials at this point. We have a couple of generations who really just want that buy now button. You know, click, done. You know, that's yeah. that Amazon experience where we call it the Netflix effect. You know, you want what you want when you want it. Correct. So, you know, I kind of snickered when you said phone call back. All the millennials I know don't answer their phone. They text you back when you call. Right. So, because they don't want to talk to you. So that's, you know, that's the other part of it is they just, you know, they want an app or they want a website and they just want to be able to handle it. So. Yeah, this communication is really the cornerstone of what we're developing now because who knows I mean, right now, some people like to do Facebook Instant Messenger or right. there's new technologies that aren't even here yet that people will adapt and want mm -hmm. through. So you have to build something flexibly enough to be able to offer those conduits communication options that the borrower wants. It doesn't have anything to do with the loan officer wants. Some borrowers, hey, don't, don't call me, email me. Don't right. email me, text me. That's the way they want to communicate. And if you violate that, you're going to hear about it online. Right. So Absolutely. Defensive posture as well. 
So we take it very seriously and we're working really hard on it. Fast credit approvals, accelerated loan processing, expedited underwriting. Call your new American Funding Loan Officer today to get pre-qualified. For more information, call New American Funding at 678-898-3540. That's 678-898-3540. Well, the market has certainly been hot, hot, hot for the last year and it's still hot now, what do you predict when you get out your crystal ball for the rest of this year? Well, I'd love to pat myself on the back and say it's my prediction, but I spent a lot of time <laughs> with people that are much smarter than me. And really, what's going on right now that I don't even think our legislators are really aware of is you know, the CARES Act that was enacted about this time last year put a moratorium on foreclosures. Mm-hmm. Typically, you get 600,000, 704,000 foreclosures a year in the United States of America. In 2020, you had 50,000. Wow. Because the house was empty, you couldn't foreclose regardless of whether there was a true hardship or the guy, whoever the owner is, just didn't want to pay their bills. So that kept, call it at this point, because we're 14, 15 months in, that's close to a million houses off the market. So what's happening right now is you've got these inventory constraints and you've got crazy behavior. Mm-hmm. It's different market by market, but by and large across the entire United States, you've got a scarcity of properties. And if you understand basic supply and demand, when supply is restrained and demand outstrips supply, prices go up, period. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. And so what you have right now is you've got property values that are roaring up, in my opinion, too fast. Mm-hmm. And it's 100% a function of, of lack of inventory. 100%. Isn't that interesting? So you know, it goes back to, and I've heard a few um, you know, market analysts say, you know, we actually really need that foreclosure inventory. We've got people who aren't upside down on their homes. They could get out from underneath that mortgage and make some money or at least break even. Then that would help to solve part of our housing crisis. So. I guess it'll be interesting to see if that mortgage or that um, foreclosure moratorium is being lifted, what does happen. Yeah, everyone's just got to bark up, you know, to, to our leaders and say, you know, bubbles harm the underserved disproportionately. Right. Because what will happen, if, you know, to stay with my crystal ball conversation. Right. You know, 33 years old is the peak buying age of a new home buyer that makes up the majority of home buyers in America. Mm-hmm. Millennials is the, the biggest bubble of population America has ever known. We are just now starting on this peak of 33-year-olds, meaning for the next three years, the number of millennials turning 33 is going to grow, grow, grow. And these are the people that are going to be roaring towards buying a home. Right. So it's just more demand. So what's going to happen though is, you know, because real estate cycles up and down, up and down, the trend line is up, but it does cycle. Mm-hmm. People are going to get in at the wrong time during a bubble. Values are going to drop. They're going to get freaked out. They're going to run away from their home. It's going to destroy their credit. So everything they do in life is going to become more expensive and the, their ability to come back into home ownership is going to be delayed years beyond that. And that is the travesty. That is the harm that's in front of us in large part, 
because of the restraint on supply. Mm-hmm. So if I could write the script and put it at time. That's interesting. Yeah. Four or five years out from today, and you're likely going to see a slight trend down in real estate values, and it's going to impact the underserved more than anybody. They're the ones that are least yeah. support it. Well, and it's interesting that you point that out because I think our politicians put a lot of this in place to protect the underserved, to keep them from getting kicked out. And, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting yeah, dichotomy, uh, isn't it? A lot of politicians don't understand economics. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, while you're on the crystal ball, uh, any thoughts on interest rates? We're, we're obviously, as we record this, in some pretty intriguing economic times right now. Uh, any thoughts on what's happening there in the next uh, six to 12 months? Well, again, I'm just going to be talking about what I've talked to much smarter people than me about. But the general consensus and what you'll hear the Fed talk about is inflation and the word transitory. So to to not be too technical, you know, when you look at the core inflation data, it's a month over month accounting for an entire year, right? So right now, our inflation numbers are predicated on what's happened from May of 2020 until April of 2021. And then every month that goes by, a month drops off on the beginning of that and a month gets added to the front of it. So if you think about what was happening exactly one year ago today is we were, we're going into COVID. Everything was locking down. The economy was literally shutting down. So you had negative inflation through the months of April, May, and June. Okay? So now you've got everyone kind of resurrecting out of COVID. Businesses are starting up again. Things are loosening up. There's pent-up demand. People want to travel. They want to go out to eat. They want to do all the things that they've been held back from. So you've got almost a a little bit of a supercharged economy. But what's more important is as the months clip away, these new supercharged inflation months are replacing inflation months that were deflationary. So it almost has a double whammy in terms of our inflation numbers because they're not replacing normal inflation numbers. They're, They're replacing the months when we were going into COVID. So it creates this illusion almost that inflation is going through the roof. And it is. But as the months clip away and you get caught up to kind of the reinflation of our economy, then the new months will be replacing those months, which won't give a bump to inflation. And you should see inflation come back down. So my crystal ball says... You're going to see rates rise here over the next four to six months. Then I think you're going to see a leveling off. And I don't think they're going to rise too much unless the Fed freaks out and starts raising short-term rates, which I don't think they're going to do. Because they understand this, right? They understand. That's why they use the word uh, transitory. So I feel like you're going to have maybe 50 basis points in rate increase going on over the next four or five months. Then you're going to plateau. And then sometime in 2022, you're likely to see rates trend back down. That's my opinion. I could be dead wrong. <laughs> well, we, I, I like to say I'm right 51% of the time. <laughs> well, we asked for your crystal ball, so you gave it <laughs> to us. It. Well, it. well, what opportunities do you see in the uh, industry? What's out there? What's New American Funding's next move? You've got a lot going on right now with the who regulates lending in America. 
It's a gentleman by the name Calabria. He runs the FHFA that regulates Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and dictates to a large degree the type of lending they do. And he's starting to be to get very restrictive. So I feel like what's likely to happen, what we're focused on is what relationships can we create in the secondary market to replace what's being curtailed in the primary markets through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. So I can bore you for an hour with what that means, but suffice it to say at New American Funding, we're really focused on making sure that we have an outlet to continue to be able to lend to people that need need to borrow in the headwinds of our regulator becoming more restrictive in the type of lending that America gets to do. So that's really what we're working on. And we got a lot of irons in the fire. We've already got some relationships established. So hopefully we're going to be just a little more relevant (laughs) than our competitors. It'll give us that little bit of an advantage that matters so much in business. But that's really what we're we're focused on. Well, we're aware of three certainties, death, taxes, and a knowledge that new American funding is always keeping their eye on the ball for the customer and being sure that they are well served and have every opportunity to, to fulfill that American dream. And for that focus, we are grateful to you and your team for that work. So Rick, I wish we could chat with you for a lot longer. Uh, unfortunately, we're running low on time. So before we let you go, should anyone need to connect with you guys and learn more about all the amazing programs that you offer and where do people go? Go to newamericanfunding.com. From our website, you can find agents in your local market. There's drop downs. You can see their names. You can pick them. You can go directly to the agents' microsites and go on the mortgage calculators and, and do our our rapid app, which is our digital mortgage experience and all those types of things. And we'll make sure we give you the best possible service you can. And you know, another point I like to make quickly is it doesn't stop with us on the origination. We service all our own loans too. Most lenders don't. They sell their loans away to the big banks. We don't. New American Funding realizes the importance of that experience before, during, and for years after the transaction. So you do along with New American Funding, you're going to be with the New American Funding family as you make your payments in the future as well. Thank you for referencing that point, uh, critical stuff. Rick Arviello, the co-founder and CEO of New American Funding. Rick, real pleasure to spend some time with you. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we are grateful to be a small part of, of your big family. So thank you for everything you guys do. My pleasure, of course. Anytime. It was fun. Thank you very much. All right. Well, that wraps this week's All About Real Estate Edition. On behalf of our show sponsor, New American Funding, my co-host, Carol Morgan, I am Todd Schnick. That's all the time that we have for today. Thank you for tuning in and listening. And we look forward to seeing you again right here tomorrow. We'll see you then. Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio is sponsored by New American Funding and made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite source for real estate and home building news. Denim Marketing is a comfortable fit, like your favorite pair of jeans. Denim Marketing tailors marketing strategies to meet your specific needs and niche. Try them on for size. They will work to create a perfect fit for your company's marketing program. Call them at 770-383-3360 or send an email to info at denimmarketing.com. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio or to inquire about being a guest, contact info at atlantarealestateforum.com. Check out the radio show by visiting atlantarealestateforum.com or by listening to the show on your favorite podcast app. 
And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio.